in Jesus' name. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. I don't know how many of you binge watch television shows, but I do on occasion. And I am in the middle of a binge as we speak. Is there anyone here who is into the TV series Yellowstone? Anyone else? Oh, so two hands. Well, I know you are, Heather. <laughs> the series Yellowstone follows the Dutton family on their Montana ranch, which Set out at the beginning of the show, it's supposedly bigger than the state of Rhode Island, which puts it at somewhere around 800,000 acres of land in Montana. And the basic story and gist of the story is the struggle to keep the land. To just hang on to it because everyone's after it. It's prime real estate, the investors want it so they can break it up. And put other things on it. There's a reservation nearby and they claim that they should have the land because it was ancestrally their land first. Even government entities are after the land and so the families is trying to keep it together. And overcome all the obstacles that stand before them. Well just recently there was an episode we were watching where the main character, who's played by Kevin Costner, has a conversation with a protester. This is someone who's protesting perceived animal abuse and injustices that happen not just on the Dutton Ranch, but all over ranches and such places. And they're talking to each other, and they find out that they actually both have some common ground and some shared value of the land. Now, one person values the land for one reason different than the rancher values the land. Yet she's kind of stunned when she realizes that his perspective isn't that different from her own. And she says to him in this conversation, I'm surprised that you can see that from here. That you can see there's problems in our world and that it's falling apart. I'm surprised you can see that from here. Because she thinks he's just secluded And has no idea what's going on in the world around him. That he's all about his ranch. And he says to her, you can see that from anywhere. His point there is that anywhere you go, you can see a world that's falling apart. Now your reason for viewing the world as falling apart might be for a very different reason than why another person sees the world falling apart. One person can see the world falling apart because the land developers are moving in on the 800,000 acre ranch. And a protester can see the world is falling apart because of the need to move to clean fuels and because of the harvesting of animals and however they might perceive the land as being violated. Now, animal rights protesters and climate protesters and ranch owners and All, really, the other people of this world, they share something in common 
with Christians, and that is we all have a concern for the future. In some form or fashion, everyone is concerned about tomorrow. And I'm not necessarily saying they're worried about tomorrow, but they know that there's a challenge before them and a challenge that needs to be met. All throughout reading 1 John chapter 4 and now into chapter 5, we've heard about the love of God that is different from love as the world defines it, different from as the world regards it, and we've looked at love and the different things that it does, that it perfects us, that it sacrifices, that it reveals Jesus to us. Tonight, St. John talks to us about love that overcomes. It's not that all those other fights and struggles, the fight of the rancher or the fight of the protester or the fight of one political party or another political party or one people group or another people group. It's not that their fights aren't meaningful. Many of them are worth fighting. The only one who truly overcomes whatever the future brings is the one whose hope is in Christ. Because only in Jesus Christ, only in him, is the future completely and perfectly secure. Because only in Christ do we find the truest sense of what it means to be family. And in this family, if we were to use the language of St. Paul, instead of St. John, we would say, we have an inheritance, right? And it's not 800,000 acres of Montana land, as great of an inheritance as that would be. That inheritance does not last forever. Because this present earth, in its present form, will pass away. It will not last forever. Instead, we have an eternal inheritance. Or, putting it in the words of John, we have a family. A family that endures forever. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, John writes, has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. It is not for no reason that we call our God our Father. He is our eternal, everlasting Father. The Father without beginning and without end. Meaning that his family endures forever. And those who are in Christ, baptized into him, who have the name of the triune God placed upon them, they overcome. They overcome the world, And the false teachers within it. And those who try to lead us astray. 
They overcome the devil and all his horde of demons and all their assaults and all their attempts to thwart us and our faith. They overcome even death. They overcome even the grave. The people of God overcome, win the victory when they are in Christ. Why? Because it is Jesus himself who actually says in John chapter 16, Take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, the joy of being in Christ is that all that he is, and all that he does, and all that he accomplishes, it's all ours. We're all in the same family. We all share it. Because Christ overcomes the world, dying for our sins and rising victorious from the grave. I know I'm getting ahead of myself because Easter isn't for 11 days yet, but I don't care. Christ does overcome the grave. He is the victor. We will sing once again our alleluias. I'll let that one out of the bag a little bit as well. He overcomes death and Satan and the world and temptation. And because he overcomes, I overcome and you overcome. And because I overcome and you overcome, that means we overcome. And because we overcome and Jesus overcomes, we are family. All who are in Christ, all who are children of God, are our dear Beloved, precious family. Going back to the show, because it is kind of on my mind a lot lately, it's amazing. And I know it's TV, and I know it's not real. But I think it portrays a lot of realities, and that's one of the reasons people like TV, is because it captures things that we see in our own lives and experiences. It is amazing how fragile a family can be. How easily it can break apart. Some of you have perhaps known that in your own family all too well. You've known the pain of a family that's fractured. (laughs) John tells us in our family we're to love one another. And keep the commandments. He says it's not a burden. How can it not be a burden? Well, because we are in Jesus, all of us, together. True brothers and sisters. And Jesus has overcome all things. So you and I, we together, have already overcome sin and the death that will come after us all. They have no power over us. 
We are in Jesus. This is the victory that has overcome the world, John writes, our faith, our trust in Jesus, that he, by his blood, by his passion and his suffering and his death and by his resurrection, has overcome it all. What wondrous love is this, that Jesus should overcome sin, death, and the devil for you and for me, for us, his dear, beloved family, children of the Heavenly Father, who overcome the obstacles set before us today and for always. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.